Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. If everything goes smoothly, Northumberland County will purchase a former retirement residence at 310 Division Street in Coburg, to become the new home for Transition House. It means there will be 35 low-barrier shelter spaces available to those in need. It will have accommodations, food, and support services. It will also provide a 24-hour drop-in center year-round, giving unsheltered people a place to get out of the cold of winter or the heat of summer, or just a place to go anytime. On today's show, Rev. Neil Ellis, former Acting Interim Executive Director for Transition House, will share the story behind the purchase and what it means to those who do not have a home. He will explain what it means to the county and its impact on the community. And while it is a huge step, Ellis acknowledges the challenges going forward. You will hear him address concerns from neighbors, the downtown, and those surrounding the encampment. I'm delighted to have with me Neil Ellis, former Acting Interim Executive Director for Transition House. Welcome back to Consider This. Thanks, Rob. Always great to be here. When the deal to purchase the former Coburg retirement residence on Division Street was struck, what was your gut reaction in that moment? I was thrilled. Uh, this was uh, something that we were uh, in conversation with the uh, the county about, um, about the, the purchase of the property, um, how it might be a, a really good location for Transition House. Um, and so it was uh, the, the whole thing. What They didn't come to us and say, hey, we've done this thing for you. Um, we approached them and said, hey, there's an opportunity here. Can we work together and maybe make something happen? Uh, so it's been a collaboration uh, 100% along the way. <laughs> What were the negotiations like? Was it tough? Was it easy? I think that uh, the, uh, the the company that owned the Coburg Retirement Residence, they were, I think they were really looking to sell the property. They had, you know, the, the building had been empty for a while and had some carrying costs. Uh, so they were um, eager to move forward. Um, and, uh, you know, from my, my understanding, the, the negotiations went very smoothly, went very well. Uh, we received feedback after the, the, the transaction closed from, from the uh, individuals we were working with uh, at that company, just thanking us uh, for how smooth and easy the process was. Now, were you at the table during those negotiations or was the county acting on your behalf? The county was acting on our behalf um, to to make that purchase. So they were the ones who were involved with the negotiations. So I don't have a lot of firsthand detail um, about the conversations that went back and forth. Uh, they, they did act in in, in, in that capacity of, of purchasing the property. How about the decision-making process at the county? What were those discussions like? I mean, I know you went to them, but how did those talks go initially and, and how did they evolve? 
So I had a very good conversation with Rebecca Carmen, who's the uh, Associate Director of Housing and Homelessness um, at Northumberland County, um, uh, about the property. We went to, we had some meetings with uh, the owners um, and, uh, and, and said, you know, this is what we're interested in doing. Uh, she then took that proposal to uh, to her boss um, and and uh, uh, Lisa and uh, Lisa Horn and uh, also up to Jennifer Moore the CAO and said hey there's an opportunity here um, is this something that the county is interested in doing this is how we see maybe it, it can help with uh, with how we address homelessness within Northumberland County they were I believe excited um, and uh, were willing to uh, to have that proposal go to Northumberland Council for them to uh, to approve the, the transaction moving forward. Now, did you guys lobby politicians at all before the f- decisions were being made? I mean, did you approach any any of them and 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 talk to them about the decision? No, we didn't lobby any of the politicians, any of the councillors who were in Northumberland Council. Um, spoke with some of them afterwards, um, but uh, in their initial uh, reception of this, which I believe happened in a closed session of council, um, they were unaware of uh, that this was was coming before them. Uh, you know, with, you know, they had the usual notice, I guess I'll say, um, about the proposal um, coming before them. <clears throat> Pardon me, uh, but we certainly didn't lobby anyone saying, "Hey, we really need your support uh, in doing this. We're bringing this forward. Um, we wanted to uh, just respect uh, the process and allow them to to make a decision that they felt was the best for Northumberland County." County. Now, as you rightfully note, uh, the purchase was behind closed doors, and that's absolutely correct. When any time a municipal government is purchasing property, that's that's normal. Mm-hmm. But did that mean that the public was not engaged in the process, that there was no public input or discussion? Yeah, I mean, that that does mean that because the, the, the way we when we work, uh, the county is purchasing property, you know, we, those those uh, negotiations are kept confidential, <clears throat> you know, in order to respect the privacy of all the parties that are involved. So it does mean that, yeah, there wasn't uh, the ability to go and say uh, to talk with the public and to talk with the neighbors about that. We are planning to do uh, some public consultation sessions. They're being scheduled for January. I don't have the firm dates yet. Uh, we're just waiting to line everything up with venues and, and everyone's schedule who will be involved with that. Uh, but you, the public can expect announcements on those coming in, uh, in the near future. I'd like to come back to that in a moment. But before we do that, how did you and the board come to the idea that purchasing the former retirement residence was a possibility? Can you can you describe what your process was about? We were made aware that the, the property was there and available. Um, and, and as things like this sort of happen, it's, you know, you, you've got multiple tangents happening at the same time. So I made one phone call to the county, to Rebecca Carmen. I said, hey, there's an opportunity here. Do we want to explore it? Uh, and then I made another call to to the board and said, at, you know, at our upcoming meeting, I want to talk about the purchase of a, of a new facility. And so we, we had both conversations going in silos uh, with one another. The board, when they heard about the, this opportunity, uh, 100%, everyone was in favor, uh, believe that this is a very big step forward for us as an organization in terms of what this facility can provide. You say you came to the idea, like, were you walking along the street and saw the for sale sign? I mean, was it that kind of thing? Or how did you come to the idea? 
I was made aware by a, a, a colleague that uh, the property was available uh, and uh, was had the opportunity to meet the, a warm introduction, if you will, to the uh, to the current uh, the previous owners now uh, that were running the the Coburn Retirement Residence. And so I had, I had a meeting facilitated just to have a conversation, um, and that conversation has led us to where we are today. In the end, why is this a good thing for Transition House? It's a it's a it's a huge step forward for Transition House. You know, we're we're North Armland County's only emergency shelter. Uh, we've got 22 shelter beds in a 150-year-old historic home. Uh, we have two washrooms available to those 22 individuals who might be sheltered there. Those 22 beds are crammed into four bedrooms uh, in a bunk bed configuration. So this allows, so people are literally on top of each other. Um, it's very tight quarters. There is not a lot of privacy. Uh, and that's not conducive to uh, the anxiety and stress that someone might already be feeling when they're experiencing homelessness. So this facility allows us uh, uh, right out of the gate to allow for increased privacy um, for the individuals who were, were seeking to help. Um, it also allows us to expand some of our services by, uh, by having the warming hub um, eventually move over into the, uh, the ground floor of the facility, um, allowing that facility to operate as a warming and cooling facility throughout the year. Um, and be running 24-7, um, as opposed to having people leave, have to leave in the morning and come back later at night. Uh, so it just allows us to enhance and expand what we're offering um, to clients. And, and that will result in better outcomes for people. How is it a good thing for the larger community? I think it's a larger thing for the, the a good thing for the larger community. I mean, one, we're moving around the corner um, and people look at the building and they say, wow, that thing's massive. Right. You know, there's there's 47 units um, in that building. Right. Um, so the people think, wow, we're going to have a shelter that's going to be having 100 people in it. And that isn't the case. Um, what we want to do, as I indicated, was have increased privacy for individuals. Um, our initial plan at opening is to, as I said uh, a moment ago, to have that ground floor operate as like the warming warming hub. And then to ma maintain our current shelter capacity. So we have 22 individuals in the shelter, and then we have a motel program where we have fifth access to 15 beds. And so we're going to take the motel program and bring it down to 310 Division Street um, and add it to our 22. So we're going to operate 37 beds out of the uh, out of the facility. Um, so from the way we operate, one, it will make things easier for us because case managing individuals who are up at the motel is a little bit more difficult uh, as, as they're not on site. Um, and additionally, you know, uh, those individuals who are in motel, they experience a lot of physical and social isolation. Why is it a good thing for the county? The county as a whole, I think um, it provides um, better, I guess, better outcomes. Um, it's, a, it's a more modern facility um, that can help. Uh, we recognize that there are individuals experiencing homelessness throughout all of Northumberland County. And often the criticism is, why is the shelter in Coburg? Um, and it tends to be that, <clears throat> pardon me, a lot of the services that individuals are looking for, whether it's mental health, addiction, a methadone clinic, uh, the county itself, um, uh, all of those services happen to be seated in Coburg. 
forward. Um, and so that I think makes it uh, an area where individuals who are experiencing homelessness, uh, they do tend to gravitate because those other services they rely on are here. Um, and so I think it helps us uh, uh, handle that and, and maintain that, uh, that presence. Do you think then that this is going to become a Mecca for homelessness? In other words, everyone within the the county is now going to start to come to Coburg, unlike before where maybe people would stay in Campbellford because it was nearer to family or that's where they found a, a shelter or Brighton or Port Hope. Do you think now this is going to, because it's so large and it gives the impression that there's lots of space and it's a new building and you've, you've even talked a bit about some new programs and services, does this become then the 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 Mecca for homelessness and those seeking emergency shelter for the entire region? I think that's an interesting question. And we've certainly heard that perspective that, you know, oh, it's going to become a mega shelter and it's going to expand and more people are going to come. Um, a lot of individuals who experience homelessness, um, you know, they have supports uh, within the communities uh, that they're residing in. So whether that's Campbellford, Brighton, um, throughout, uh, throughout the county. Um, and will some people come? Yeah, I'm sure that some people will come. Will everyone come uh, and, and, and into Coburg and, and, and flood in at Transition House? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that there are individuals who are who have developed supports and, and ways of, of, of helping themselves um, in those communities. And I think that they'll many of them will stay there. And what's also been happening on the side um, that we don't hear about is that Northumberland County and Northumberland Hills Hospital Mental Health Division have uh, recently um, created uh, opportunities to do outreach into some of those other communities. And so as we're looking to get a more modern facility, the, the broader sector, if you will, um, is also reaching out into the county, ensuring that appropriate supports are made available for people. The location keeps you in the downtown area. You've alluded to this already and basically within the same neighborhood. Now, they've been, as you acknowledged a lot of concerns raised by neighbors over the years. How will this new building address these issues? What's going to make this better than walking around the corner 100 feet and being in a in, in the same neighborhood? I think the ability to have the warming hub, um, you know, or that drop-in center, um, open 24-7, 365 as a place where people can come, um, rather than hanging out on the streets, um, you know, uh, they made the individuals may choose to come and to stay inside. Um, you know, having said that, you know, individuals are, are, are free to to roam and to, to go where they will. And, uh, you know, some of them, you know, visit a lot of the shops and, and, and stores that are downtown. Um, so, but I think that just that ability um, will, um, will mitigate some of those concerns. But you understand that there's probably a lot of people listening to this that are going to say, this doesn't solve the overarching problems that many people say in terms of feeling insecure in the downtown or business people who complain that there, there are homeless people uh, frequenting their businesses or that there's had to be additional policing patrols to ensure public safety. How does this help start to eliminate those concerns? Because I think that's where a lot of the concerns lie. 
Yeah, and I've certainly heard a lot of those concerns, and I'm sure that we'll hear more of that when we have our public consultation, and we'll be taking that feedback and listening to it, um, and and in, in whatever ways are appropriate, feeding into what our policies are and how we operate, and the conversations we have with our clients. I think you know when we when we're talking about you know hey how do we how do we get rid of this concern? Well, the concern we have um, is isn't the concern we have is that transition houses is, is there in this community, right? A transition house happens to be the face in our community for homelessness, uh, mental health, and substance abuse, right, and, and addictions, right? So we're the face of that in our community. If we weren't there, um, that would still exist within our community. Right. So what we're trying to provide is a safe space for individuals who are experiencing homelessness, who are struggling with mental health and addiction issues to be able to come to feel safe, to feel secure. And if we can create that space and then develop the wraparound supports and then enhance the counseling, the mental health services, the addiction services, all the things that need to come alongside. So people need a safe a place that they can feel safe where they can live. And then those others. And once they feel that now they're in a position to engage in services right currently at transition house the way that individuals are required to live there because of the, the cramped quarters they don't have the ability to start feeling safe and relaxing to make that decision to engage in those services so i think that as we move down the road this is just one step in saying hey we're creating an environment which is more conducive to individuals seeking and asking for that help and then ensuring that that help, mental health, substance use, all of that is there and, and available for people. The county in its press release said that this is a modernization of shelter services. What do you think they meant by that? Yeah, um, we, we talked a lot about, you know, what's the appropriate uh, word, you know, in terms of what we talk about. And, and we, we like the idea of modernization. Um, one, because it takes transition house out of a 150-year-old heritage building um, and, and brings it into a, a much more modern facility, um, you know, that, that that's, you know, more suited for a shelter than the building we're currently in. Um, it also allows us to take a look um, at all of the programming and things that we're running, right? So this this building, in turn, in addition to the forty seven livable units that are there, each floor has dedicated office space, storage space, and so that's going to allow us to create space for community partners to come in to meet with individuals who are staying at Transition House and to do that counseling work and that work that I alluded to earlier, right? Um, a lot, much of the, the health care that individuals experiencing homelessness is only available to them through the Northumberland uh, Paramedics uh, Paramedicine Program. And so they already come to Transition House once or twice a week, um, but there's no privacy to meet with clients. Well, we want to create a, a clinic room where now they can have that health care and they can have the dignity that everyone else gets when they go to the doctor's office of a private room to talk about the things that are concerning them and to get the help that's available to them through that program. And I think that that's huge. Uh, what this allows in modernizing the facility is it allows us to increase the, the dignity um, to individuals who are experiencing homelessness and, and recognize their, their, their humanity, their value and their worth. How's all this being paid for? It'll be coming through um, 
Northumberland, it, it comes through a variety of sources, I guess. Uh, and I'm not an expert on where all the sources of the dollars have come from. Uh, but some of the money is for what's known as HPP funding. So homelessness prevention planning. I can never remember what all the P's stand for. Uh, but that money flows from the province. Um, and then it's sent to the different service providers of which Northumberland County is uh, is the, um, the the municipality that sends that down to, to us. So, so we get a, a slice of that funding. And some of it will also be coming from uh, levy dollars, uh, I imagine as well. Northumberland County themselves would be probably give you a far more accurate um, answer in terms of that. Our goal with this, in terms of what is being spent on homelessness and, and system response in making this move, is to try to be cost neutral or potentially even find savings. So right now, money comes to transition house for the programs that we, we run. We run the motel program. And so there's a cost in renting hotel rooms. And then there's a cost of having the, the warming hub at an independent location as well. So the goal in bringing everything together is to be cost neutral. Um, at the one facility. What was the purchase price? Do you know? 2.3 million plus closing costs. And um, how much is it going to then be for annual costs? Now, what your, is your budget now and what do you anticipate it being once you move? Into our budget will probably go up slightly. Um, right now, our, our budget is in, in and around a million a year. Uh, I anticipate we're, we're working on draft proposals of what the budget might look like. We know we'll need increased staffing. We have a sense of what some of those fixed costs of heating and gas and utilities are, are going to be like. Um, and so we anticipate that we, we may see our budget go upwards to $1.4, $1.5 million in terms of our operating costs in the new facility. Is Transition House responsible for any uh, fundraising or other uh, costs other than the ones that we've just talked about that you normally provide? In other words, is it, are you going to have to start you know, holding bake sales or whatever? <laughs> we won't be holding bake sales. Well, maybe we will. I, I you know, don't quote me on that. I love a good bake sale, Rob. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you, it, I'm glad that you mentioned that, actually, because it's something that I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, one, the board is committed to doing fundraising to help um, facilitate the cost of this new facility. But what's been really interesting, so we haven't done... Other other than the, this being announced, uh, the board um, or the county, for that matter, hasn't uh, publicly asked individuals uh, for funding. And since the announcement was made last week on, uh, on Monday, um, the Transition House has seen an upswing in donations through our Canada Helps account. Uh, in the first uh, two days, I think we received just under $2,000 in donations, some of which are monthly reoccurring donors. And just this morning before I got on uh, with you, Rob, I received an email that we received a $5,000 uh, anonymous donation. Uh, and so to that individual and to all the individuals who have uh, contributed in the last, uh, last week or so, thank you so much for recognizing the value of what transition does, transition house does and especially as we approach christmas uh you know where we're in some tougher economic times right now people choosing to donate and, and give of their hard-earned money speaks to their belief uh, of what we're doing and the impact that this new facility can have in the press release it talks about a third-party review could you explain what that is and what it'll do 
Yeah, so the third party review is actually something that's already been completed. Um, it was um, uh, the, the county hire, we call it the VINC report. That's uh, the, the consultants were, were VINC. Um, and I, they conducted a review about 12 months ago of the homelessness response system in Northumberland County, of which Transition House is one part. Um, and so based on that review, um, there were some recommendations that came out of that and some of the work that we're now actually going to be doing through 310 and modernizing the facility um, and bringing everything into to one location ensuring that individuals have that privacy and looking at the, the bed numbers and the capacity um, basically meets a lot of the recommendations and targets that come out of that report that was done uh, last year will this eliminate things like the encampment I can't say. I would hope that individuals who are in the encampment would choose to come inside. I would hope that they would choose that now. Um, I can understand and respect that because of the way we're able to operate right now, uh, you know, some people don't want to live in close confines with others, like what they have to do with the house. We can't accept couples. Uh, we can't accommodate pets. And so there's a lot of barriers to coming into transition house. And so I hope that uh, individuals who are in the encampment might say, hey, you know, here's an opportunity for me to come inside to to get warm, to 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 have a, some private space and some personal space, um, to, and and to get well. Um, so I would hope that individuals uh, who are living in the encampment would take that opportunity. Uh, we certainly will be um, trying to find ways to engage with them, uh, to to say, hey. Come on in. Um, you know, some of them have had bad experiences with us, and we'll be asking them, "Hey, give us another chance. Let's 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 try this again." Because we want we want good for people, right? We want people to live whole and, and good and full lives, uh, and that includes having good shelter. Um, and and really, we want people to be housed. And and for those experiencing homelessness, this can just be the first step on that journey towards permanent housing. Will there be a harm reduction component to this? So Transition House works with a lot of our partners in the community in terms of harm reduction. Um, so what we offer in terms of harm reduction uh, is we, we provide safe supplies. We know that uh, not all, but many of our clients do use substances. Uh, and we want to ensure that if they are going to make that choice to do so, that the supplies that they're using are clean. And so we partner with the health unit and we receive those uh, those supplies um, so that they can use you so that they can use. They're not able to do so in our, in our facilities, right? Uh, they're not able to use substances in our facilities. So we're not um, we are not, nor do we have an intention of becoming um, a safe um, a safe injection site um, at Transition House. Um, that's not uh, currently in, in the plans. Uh, I believe that that more firmly follows under healthcare, care. Uh, and that would be, um, as a colleague of mine says, mission drift. You know, that's that's not our primary focus. We can provide the supplies to ensure that people are, have, have clean uh, supplies that they're using, uh, but we don't have an intention of moving into like a, a safe injection site. Transition House has had some issues in the past with its leadership, with its board. There's been, it hasn't always been a smooth sailing for you guys. How can we feel confident that you guys are ready to take this huge step when it's been months for you to get a new executive director? Uh, you, Like I said, you've had some some pretty big hurdles to clear over the years. Why should we feel confident you guys are up to this big task? That's a fair question and a good question. Uh, I've been chair of the board and, you know, acted as a, a, a acting inter, inter, 
acting executive director for you know about 10 months now i was invited by community partners to come on board transition house when it was in a very uh, period of, of turmoil um and prior to that, I would have said I was a, a critic of Transition House. And of course, now I'm, I'm leading that organization that I was once fairly critical of. Um, and uh, one of the mandates that I was asked to come on board, along with Megan McDonald and Allison Lester, who joined the board at the same time as me, um, was to provide some stabilization to the organization um, to ensure that it, you know, one could continue to operate and, and meet its mandate. Uh, and I think that we've done that, uh, providing that stability. Um, we have had a very exhaustive search for an executive director, uh, certainly longer than, than I would have liked. I would have liked to have worked myself out of that acting executive director job much sooner um, than we have. Um, but we're, we're really pleased with the process that we went through. Um, and we have Ike Nwebe coming. Uh, he's going to be joining us as executive director. And we're really excited to have Ike come and join us. Uh, he brings a lot of experience from uh, his time in Toronto, working in the sheltering system there. He's uh, very relational. Uh, and one of the things that we really liked about him was he is, uh, he, is an, he engages with the community, he's a community partner. Um, and, and we know that that's something that Transition House needed as well. Um, and so we're very happy to have Ike joining our team as executive director. Well, speaking of that, have you handed over a headache or an aspirin? <laughs> uh, I think I've handed over an aspirin. Uh, I think Transition House is well on its way to, uh, to, 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 to demonstrating that it is a leader in the community in terms of providing uh, services to those experiencing homelessness. Um, People have been critical of us in the past. People will be critical of us in the future. Uh, we expect that. It's not uh, easy work. It's very difficult and challenging work. Uh, the staff at Transition House, they, you know, they pour their heart and soul out each and every day, uh, working in, in difficult conditions, uh, but trying to, to have the best outcomes for, for individuals. And I think we're at this point, we're well situated uh, on a good path. Um, to, uh, to engage in this next part of the lifespan of Transition House. Neil Ellis, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having me, Rob. That was Neil Ellis, former Acting Interim Executive Director for Transition House. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share.
And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.